Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, eight o'clock hour. My friend Jay Walker, voice of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, in for the hour as he is each Tuesday. Were you able to stay dry on the way here, man? I was. Some nasty weather, guys. Be careful out there. There is a severe thunderstorm warning that uh, has been issued for portions of Acadiana. Um, damaging winds, possible hail. Uh, if you're up in kind of the northern part of Lafayette, the Karen Crow area, uh, over in Brobridge as well. Just be safe out there, everybody. Yes. Um, but uh, 100% chance of showers today. Um Throughout the day up till this afternoon, high of 85. Tonight, rain and thunderstorms, some of them heavy, low of 68. That is your weather update from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. So as of now, you're supposed to call a baseball game tonight, Jay, but with this weather, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't. For a midweek game this late in the season against Southern, if it gets... Like, do they? Is this one that just doesn't happen this year? Right. You know, you, right. this it'll is just one. Get, it'll just get canceled. You're not playing two midweek games next week. That would be correct. Um, Especially with conference Thursday, Friday, correct. Saturday. Yeah. Next oh week. yeah, yeah. Duh. Duh, Scott. Um, there was a game. I don't know if you remember it. There was a game years ago where UL was hosting Southern in baseball. This would have been, I guess, in the late 2000s probably, and I was in here producing, and this was when you and Steve would do the games. And it, <laughs> Just remember, the first inning, it wasn't like all this weird stuff happened, like there were all these errors and all these hits. It just lasted so long because whoever the pitcher was for Southern took an exorbitant amount of time between pitches. And I just remember at one point you know, between <laughs> pitches, you're like, and uh, we're just moving along like turtles here. Like and a herd of turtles. Like a herd of turtles. And Steve, who is usually happy-go-lucky, is like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like you could hear it in his voice. And I'm in the studio like, yeah, come on. Do you? Rem- I don't remember the exact year or what, but I'll never forget being in here like, this is like, I, I know we, we joke from time to time about Jay Walker and, and pauses or whatever, but this is you and Steve on the broadcast in a baseball game where usually there's like no dead air. And this guy was so long between pitches, it was like, what's, what, like, we have nothing left to talk about. We just recited the Bible and this guy hadn't thrown his <laughs> second pitch yet. Do you remember that game? No. I, um, Look, they all kind of run together after a while. Um, I mean, it was just a random yeah. midweek game. It's not right. like it it had like a, you know, any any heavy weight bearing on terms of how the season played out. But well, I, you know, I'm a little bummed that this game probably won't happen because, of course, there are a couple of former Cajuns, Colton Frank, Tremaine Spears, that are playing uh, for Southern. Was was looking forward to seeing them. Spears is uh, actually leading the team in hitting. Um, but That's, I'm that guy's strong, man. Oh, I know he is. And, but you know the the reality is the game probably isn't going to happen. But uh, but until they say it's not going okay. to happen, I will plan to go to the ballpark right. this afternoon. Till they say it, pregame is at five thirty. Um, in the meantime, uh, what what is in your mind the thing that the fans are talking about the most with the Gage of Baseball team? Um, I don't know. Because I, I, I haven't seen any fans. 
You know, you opened up, you've opened up Russo Park, and your your biggest crowd is under six hundred people. You, so. I mean, so you interact with some fans, though. I mean, you have some friends that are fans. Well, yeah, um, you know, the friends that I have that are fans, we're we're just talking about the the last six games and and what could happen and where the Cajuns could finish, and um, you know, we've. We talk at length about uh, you know who you might wind up playing in the tournament and and the fact that you're guaranteed two games and I got a guy named Arigetti, another one named Cook ready to go so um, bring it it all so much of it in the tournament and this upcoming weekend to me comes down to Arigetti and I know I'm simplifying a a game that isn't simple and there's a lot more that comes down to it but it it I guess it would be number one on the list of what needs to happen because if he can if he can have the kind of outing you know he's capable of and get right and whether it be tipping pitches or whatever isn't there well when you win that Friday game and you have cook on Saturday it's like the 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 everything in terms of winning the series is is in your favor at that point same thing when you get into the tournament in the pod system if he can in that first outing do what he's capable of doing get a little bit of run support which they got to do right. obviously we know that then then you're sitting pretty. And, and talking about this weekend, UT Arlington, they've got a guy that, what, is two and four, but is is one of the best pitchers they're going to see this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like the Jacob deGrom of, of college pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, on Friday, you look at how jam-packed the Sunbelt West Division is in terms of conference standings. Getting a good seed in the pod system, right? If everyone's one and one in the tournament, the higher seed advances to the semis. This weekend in Arlington looms large, and that game on Friday looms really large. Yeah, I think so. And and you know what? The Cajuns haven't had much success in Arlington the last couple of times they've gone up there. It's it's not been a place that's been kind to them. Um, you know, I look at I look at UTA, and. You look at their 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 names and numbers on their statue, and I recognize most of those names. I mean, this is a veteran team that the that the Cajuns are playing um, this weekend. And you know, you're right. the 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 Friday matchup with Tavera and Arigetti is going to be a is going to be a big one. But um, you know, you got to go play. But you know, if you talk to Matt Deggs, he's going to tell you it still comes down that we got to score runs. Um, because when the Cajuns score five or more, they have a they have a tremendous record. So you got to find a way to get them on, get them over, and get them in against a good pitcher on a Friday night. And I think that's the biggest task for the Cajuns on Friday. When you're up big in a game and you start working on bunting, in the moment, fans are like, "What are you doing? Why is Kemple doing this? Why is he doing that?" Then you get to a game like this Friday where. You're really going to need to likely utilize stuff like that. You're going to be glad that you've worked on some of those things. Now, I am I understand maybe some criticism when the game, and it's like, even in a midweek game, like, you know, you, you, you hadn't, you're not exactly on a winning streak. You need to get this win done. But when you're up big and it's North Alabama and you have a chance to work on something you know you're going to have to do in certain situations, I understand it in that regard. Well, I think, I think they did that all weekend. Right. Um, that, that's why I brought it up. Right. And... You know, I, I have said this and said this and said this and said this, and fans sometimes get upset when they hear me say it. But baseball fans here, the majority of them look at it with a football mentality. Every game is Armageddon. If you don't win the game, it's a terrible thing. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And if you're asking, it means you don't know the game. 
I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. If you ask why they're doing something, you probably don't understand baseball that well. And so I get it, but you're always going to get that because I don't think that most baseball fans or most people who claim to be baseball fans look at it with a baseball mentality. Those that do understand and they don't ask why they're doing it because they get it. But that's not to say that uh, a, a staff is beyond, you know, criticism. Oh, no, 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 you know, no. You or can, every decision. No, is. you can go ahead and criticize. You know, you go ahead and criticize. But if you're going to make a definitive statement of you shouldn't have done that, then you probably don't understand it. And and here's the other thing. And we, I was talking about this with some friends last night. Matt Deggs coached with Tony Robichaux for a couple of years. Matt Deggs has the same moral compass that Tony Robichaux had. Make no mistake about it. There are no similarities as coaches as far as the game of baseball is concerned between those two guys. All we know is what we've watched for 25 years. And when Matt Deggs doesn't do it that way, we go, what are you doing? Because we're used to it happening a certain way. You know, I used to be able to, during a ball game, 90% of the time predict what we were going to do next because I'd been around Robe for so long, and the fans had too. I tried doing that earlier in the, early in the season with Deggs, and I realized, don't even try because he's a totally different dude. And it doesn't mean, and this is what fans need to understand, it doesn't mean he's not doing it the right way. He's just doing it his way. And... I'm learning a few things, believe it or not, about the game with Matt Deggs now that maybe I didn't realize before, especially when it comes to um, the offense. It still comes down to pitching, defense, and timely hitting. I mean, I, I, I agree with Robin. If, if you don't agree with that, take, just take a look at South Alabama. You know, their, their batting average is the worst in the league, but their record is the best in the league. And um, because they have pitching, they play great defense, and, and they get two out hits like nobody's business. Um, but how you get to that point is still, it's still different. And, um, you know, Matt's, Matt's just a different dude. He's got, when I asked him about Tyler Robertson moving to third base, and he said, well, you should know by now I got a little mad scientist in me. Um He's just not afraid to to throw pasta up against the refrigerator and see if it sticks, uh, and and that's okay. I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do. It, it's just who he is. And of course, ever since he said that, I keep I, I keep having Thomas Dolby running through my head, and I keep waiting for him to stand up and go science. But um, yeah, what a great song. Never will be heard on Terrible Tune Tuesday. No, no. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed my conversation with uh, with Coach Deggs yesterday. If anyone missed it, you can find it over at ESPN1420.com. But the layers of every in-game baseball decision, he was getting into some of them and, you know, the aggressive base running. And he's like, look, you know, what's the definition of insanity? He said, you tried doing something over and over and over again. And I said, and expecting a different result. He's like, right. He's like, I'm kind of insane right now in regards to that. But I was like, but I essentially was like, well, you're not doing the same thing in practice, right? He's like, well, no. Um, 
he said it's not something that happens in a overnight. It's not something that happens in a season. He says it. It's an acquired taste. It takes a while, and um, you know we're not. I'm not going to essentially. I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I took it as we're not going to slow down in that approach. We're going to keep trucking forward, and yeah, we've we we haven't been great there all the time. I mean, he he was acknowledging that, but he said this is something a concept and everything that goes into it isn't is isn't just as simple as what you might see on the surface and it and it takes a while and it's going to take some time it's going to take more than a season and we're going to keep trucking along and doing it and um I said well there're certain aspects of your game I know aren't going to change and being ultra aggressive is something that no one's ever going to just take out of you and he's like well yeah yeah it it um and and there's nothing that will drive fans crazier than getting thrown out on the base pass. You know, especially when the next guy follows with a base hit, which always happens, by the way. I think it's just like it's part of baseball karma for some reason. It, it is. It is. But, you know, if you're if you're doing it and you're getting guys thrown out, you're also doing it and 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 it's working. Um and it and it works more than it doesn't. And they um it can be maddening sometimes, but there's a method to Matt Degg's madness, and and we're just going to have to learn what that is as the years go by. What's the any of some of the impact it also has on a pitcher and batter even after a runner is caught or not caught, and all the other aspects and all the other things that come about for the rest of a game or a season when you have it on film. A you lot plant, not, you plant a seed, right? It's not just uh, in the moment, you know, in a vacuum. Um, and and yes, it, it 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 can be better, and um, I know they're working on that. But you expect them to slow down in that regard at all? That's never going to happen. Nope, not going to happen. They're uh, going to continue to be aggressive. They're going to start runners. They're going to delay steal. They're going to hit and run. They're going to straight steal. They're going to get picked off. They're going to get thrown out. They're going to run. They're going to run you into some games and run you out of some games. Yes, sir. Seventeen after the hour. It's ESP at fourteen twenty and dot com. Um, UT Arlington this weekend. Southern scheduled for tonight, but with this weather, uh, we'll see what happens and if or when. We will uh, certainly get the word out. Uh, UNO next week and midweek, and then you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, final week in a conference play against Troy. That's at home. Then you got the conference tournament in, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. Softball, they're getting ready for the Sun Belt tournament. Tomorrow, they'll be playing. No, I was waving at Moon. Oh. Waving at me, I'm like, "What's going on?" You would say something. How are you feeling about this team going into it? Oh, I think that um, I think they got I think they got bit over the weekend. Um, you know, I think you saw over the weekend two th- two separate things. I think you saw two teams playing an inferior opponent. One of them played down to their competition. The other one didn't. I, I think it's really really simple. I think that's what happened. Um, I think the Cajuns on Thursday uh, went out and they, they got the run rule win and then they had to get bailed out by a, a, a grand slam on Friday and then they got beat on Saturday because they played down to their opponent's level. I mean, they made five errors in the game on uh, Friday yeah. on Friday, and then, you know, then decided, you know, from a hitting standpoint not to show up on Saturday. I mean, Sierra Bryan, if she doesn't hit that grand slam on on Friday, they, you might they might have lost the series. Yeah, it's yeah. ULM hadn't beaten them since 2012. 
in a game until I, I know Saturday. because I did the play by play of that game. That was the last. I said they will never have me back to call a softball game, and I don't think I called one again until <laughs> this year when, when I went, to, when I went to Texas with trip. them. Um, you know, look, it shouldn't have happened. It did happen, but you know, I think this this team now goes to Troy with a chip on its shoulder, and and um, I don't think they're going to beat themselves. You're going to have to go out and beat them. Now there are three teams I think that are capable of doing that. You know, I think South Alabama, Texas State, and Troy are all capable of 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 winning that tournament. I mean, I, I this league at the top is so much better than it's been the last few years. So um, they're going to have to play well, but I expect them to go and play well. What do you make, ESPN1420.com, Scott Braithwaite, Jay Walker, what do you make of the Sun Belt scheduling the, the tournament in softball to do their best to put the one seed at a disadvantage in hopes that, look, we're trying to get two teams in. I don't think they're doing that. I don't think Jerry Glasgow would disagree with you. I I know, but Jerry's got to understand something, that starting tomorrow, you've got to play your top seeds early in the day because the losers have to come back and play later in the afternoon. And so they could go ahead on Wednesday and give them a different time slot, but on Thursday, they would have to play early in the day because the losers got to come back and play later in the day. Um, you know, I think, you know, could they have done it and made them play at 1230 instead of 10 o'clock? Yeah, okay. Um, but I don't think they're doing that because they want the Cajuns to lose. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't buy into that. What, a, what about the idea of once you get to, and, and a lot of conferences do it like this, the conference championship game, in the tournament, you know, it's no longer double elimination. Right. Is that to try to get two teams in because the favorite? No, I think I yet? think that's try that's to try to just, you know, come on, we've been out here for four days. We're going to make it a one game deal, yeah. and you're going to see it in baseball too. You know, you're going to have you're going to have pool play, and then the semifinals and finals are going to be single elimination. Um, it's you know, it just is. So you don't agree with Jerry on that? No, no. The reasoning has some merit, I'll say that. Like the idea of, I would not, and this Sunbelt aside, I would not blame a conference for doing whatever they can to try to get multiple teams in a tournament. I don't think the tournament is going to decide who gets in and who doesn't if the teams, if the if the four best teams win, then I think all four of them are going to be playing. So I don't think this is to get an extra team in because I think I, I think that it's possible that you know Troy or South Alabama could play their way out of the tournament, but I think that's the only way they don't get in is if they out. I mean Texas State and the Cajuns are going period end no, of sentence. And this is this is a it's just it's a different year. I mean, a lot of years in softball. It's it's got you know if this if the, this was a one bid league. Mm-hmm then I might subscribe to the theory. But I don't because this is not a one-bid league. This, year. this is a three, maybe four-bid league. A lot of years, softball's one big, and you, baseball's you know a bit stronger. Um, that's not the case this year. Should be good competition out there. Uh, the Cajuns going to be taking on the winner of Coastal Carolina and ULM, who are scheduled to play.
this morning. That game tomorrow, 9.45 pregame, 10 a.m. first pitch. ESPN 1420.com. Is LSU going? Are they going to go to a regional? If the if the pairings were announced today, no. But But let's stop, okay? What do they have left? They got Alabama, right? Well, I bet they wish who's they been playing that game. Who's tonight, been though. who's been who's been struggling? Okay, and then you've got A and M, who's having the worst year they've had maybe in fifteen years. Um, arguably the biggest disappointment in college baseball this year. One of them, Texas A and M, and and then you have the tournament where if you survive the single elimination round, if you survive that and get into the double elimination bracket. Now you're playing good teams, and you win a couple there. I see a path for him to get in. But it's a pretty narrow path, I think. Um, I think that every loss LSU takes hurts them. I think not sweeping Auburn really hurts them. You know, Auburn's like 5-17 and 17 in the league. And they only, I mean, it was a close game. But it doesn't they matter. Lost they Sunday. lost. No, no, I'm not saying it matters. Yeah. I'm saying it's that's how... That the margin of error when you lose a game, yeah, you just won the series, but because it's so slim, it's like oof. You so, talk about that football mentality; it's almost like when it's a, a race to get in, and now that margin's that slim, you can start to look at the games like that. And they're what nine and fifteen? Is that right in the league? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'll double check. I think well, that sounds right. Suppose, yeah, nine and fifteen. Suppose yeah. you win five out of six. You're fourteen and sixteen. Fourteen and sixteen might be good enough. Provided you don't lose in that first yeah, round of the tournament. Do some stuff in the tournament. I, because of this weather, I don't know that they're going to play tonight, but you got La Tech, who's, what, 18th, wanting to host, and then you got LSU fighting for their life to get into the regionals. That would be that. And LSU has lost, what, one midweek game, one non conference game this year? Yeah. But how many games have they played? You know, I'm looking at the midweek teams they played this year and none of them are close to what La Tech is this season. Well, La Tech you know, La Tech's good, okay? But I think what makes La Tech so good is their weekend pitching rotation. They beat La Tech um at the very beginning of the season on like a it was one of those things where they played I think it was their third game of the season. Also played Air Force twice and then they played La Tech on like a Monday right after. Right. But you don't think LaTeX's offense is strong? Oh, I think their offense is good. But I think what makes them a top 20 team is their weekend pitching rotation. Those guys are good. So then that highlights again why LSU's really hoping that weather doesn't cancel tonight's game because you got a good chance to improve your RPI if you can beat them. Yes. Well, there's nothing wrong with LSU's RPI. LSU's RPI is like 21 or 22. Would would to, could tonight's game not being played have any impact on whether or not LSU gets into the regional? If you start... Not not if they go ahead and take care of their conference business. It could potentially help, though. Yeah. Oh, no, it could potentially help because it gives you another quad one win. Getting down to the nitty-gritty in the uh, diamond sports here. It's ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. That is Jay Walker on this rainy Tuesday. So I was visiting with Ross Dellinger in the uh, 7 o'clock hour, Jay, and he had done a, a Sports Illustrated piece about the 27 months that the college football playoff committee had discussed expansion for the college football playoff. And for folks that missed it, well, I'll have it up on the great Scott show podcast page later, but 
you know, what does that mean to bowl games, the future, all that other stuff? College football playoff. Better or worse than the BCS to this point? Worse. I agree. College football playoff, if they expand it to, say, 8, 12, and include at least one you know, group of five, better or worse than the current setup? Um, I'm going to give it a qualified better, but I'm not sure. It, 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 yeah, well, I, I think... You've had, what, 28 playoff, uh, and 20 of them have been filled with the same teams. Right. Um, nothing good for those teams, but it's kind of like, what is this for? Um, the BCS had this thing where it, it, it was not, it was, it was 100% imperfect. I'm not trying to suggest it was. But correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, and maybe it was just its time and place and it's a lot of other factors. It did not, in my opinion, hinder the bowl system the way that the college football playoff seems to have done. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's the other thing about about the BCS versus the college football playoff. The BCS didn't care about style points and, and, and the rest of that stuff. It put a huge value on winning. And and now you've got the 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 committee that not only ranks the top four, they rank the top twenty-five. And at the end of the day, if you give them a logical question based on the criteria that they have, they'll just throw their hands up and say, Well, we watched it, we just thought they were better. Right. They, which they, is, they have an out at all times. Which is which is what they did with the fact that, you know, Coastal Carolina had a better resume than Cincinnati did last year, and yet Cincinnati was was ranked ahead of them. And um and they asked, Well, we have some coaches on the committee and they they just thought Cincinnati was better. So you've always got an out. With the BCS, you didn't. I mean, this is the way it came out, guys. It was all we we use these computers and this is the way it shook out. Now, if you expand to to eight, yes, you do uh, mess further with the bowls. Um, but but you also you also basically tell the committee, I just put in whoever you want. Well, you got to have some requirements. It can't just be do whatever the hell you want. Well, it's pretty close to that now. I mean, G5 commissioners would have to be like, there has to be inclusion here, and these well, other sure. things have to take place. Sure. And G5s are, are not getting in, one, currently, and two, they're not. You, If you just look at the – and Ross did a good job of breaking it down. He has a tweet pinned on his profile. If you go back and look at the financial cut of the pie that G5s are getting, it is a sliver of that thing. It is not a big old piece. Nope. It's a lot bigger piece than they had with BCS. Boy, that college football playoff thing is bringing in some money. Yep. Um, Ten years from now, final question. What do you think the college football postseason looks like? Uh, I think I think that we'll have an expanded playoff system. I, I do. I, I think there's – but you know what? When they were talking about doing four, I said, watch, as soon as they do four, people are going to start screaming for eight. Oh, yeah. 
And and as soon as they do eight, people are going to start screaming for 12 or 16. It's, it's where it's inevitably going there. And once you get to that, I do think the bowl system will eventually. Once you get to 16, I'm worried the bowl system will. Oh, I, I think that you're, you're going to see half the bowls collapse, first of all. Um, so, so probably sooner than if you get to 16. Right, right. Um, but if you get to 16, you might not have any. You might have a deal where, okay, teams that didn't get in can go play one another if they if they want to, kind of like the CIT in basketball, stuff like that. But it'll be more of like, if you want to, sure. But it's that's not going to be celebrated. That's not going to be a week in a city and all this buildup and sponsorships and all these other things. It's just going to be you know, a glorified exhibition in a lot of ways that you get to put down as a win or a loss at the end of the season. But bowl systems, once you get to 16, it's – it's done, and they'll claim that it's not because they'll say, well, no, first-round games are at home sites, and then after that, they're in these cities, and we'll call them bowls, but it's not the bowl system and what we've had in college football for many years. But what you do have is tremendous amount of excitement because Sam Houston State is playing for a national championship this weekend. You going to watch? I don't even know that. You know what? I haven't watched a single college football game this spring. I didn't know Sam Houston was in until it was brought to my attention. I didn't know until uh, 11 seconds ago. Uh-huh. There you go. Thanks. That's it for the Great Scott Show. Steve Pelican is next with Beyond the Game.